This week I'm joined by your fan Paddy McCarty to look over last Saturday's game against Dundee and later on I'll be joined by Livingston fan Andy from the Talk Livy podcast to look ahead to our Betfred Cup match at the weekend. Hi Paddy, thanks for joining me. Um, just what? Derek, you alright? Yeah. Oh, must be a wee bit of lag there. <laughs> um, just wanted to go over the the Dundee game on Saturday with you. Basically, uh, how did you take it in? Uh, how did I take it in? Uh, I took it in on my couch, like everybody else. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just. Um, I think we'd all said before the game that it was a really important one to win. Um, you know, early in the season, a shortened season, it was already starting to look like, uh, you know, um, the league's sort of taking shape. And if we want to be, if we want to be in about it, then we had to win on Saturday and we did. Yeah, it was a good performance, I thought. Um, There's a, a number of players just really smashed it on Saturday. Um, certainly hadn't done the week before, so it was good to get a reaction. Um, obviously, we we got the two goals early, but just a really good defensive job. Another clean sheet as well. Um, that's two in the league in a row after the defensive collapse against Morton. So that side of things are certainly picking up. It looks like. Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, you're right. I mean, the Stranraer game was. A pretty hard watch for all of us, really, um, and uh, it was a, it was a good bonus for me on Saturday because watching all these games, um, my, my missus has been working from home the whole time, so I've had to when I'm watching, I've had to keep it down. Um, but she wasn't working on Saturday, um, and it seemed like I got a sort of instant uh, opportunity to celebrate with scoring so early, you know. So it was uh, it was great uh, to jump about the living room a wee bit. Um, yeah. uh, twice, uh, you know. So I, it was, uh, it was, it was a, a good start, a really important one. It, it made it, I think. Um, obviously, it made it then really tense, you know, uh, because you're, you're you're expecting that Dundee reaction, you know. Um, but I think we dealt with it brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, with the early goal. Um... There was there isn't very much to talk about before it, so we might as well just get straight on to um Cammy Smith just dancing about the box. Different position, but pretty similar to the goal that he got against uh, Morton. Well, that was an own goal, but but still. Uh, just dancing about the box, nobody can touch the ball. Um kind of similar again to like the Stranar goal they got against us last week as well. Just loads of opportunities to to get the tackle in none taken whatsoever um really intelligent finish just sees that the goalie's never going to see where the ball is and there's a whole side of the net open just lots of them yeah i mean you think uh like watching it back you think that the the defenders just got tied in knots you know and they just they they, they just it was almost like um it's almost a wee bit like a kind of training uh, game where you're not trying to put in, you know, they just they just never got near him. And I thought the goalkeeper's position, especially, I mean, he would have been a bit unsighted by what was in front of him, but mm-hmm. he still was. It just seemed, even at the the first time I watched him, that he was on the wrong side of the goal. You know, 
Um, it was, there was so much space to aim for. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Like the work, um, the work that he'd done to create the uh, chance and just keep the ball away for them and, and poke it home, it really was, it was a cracking goal. Yeah, been really impressed with him. And I've said this every time he's played. And I just hope we can tie him down. He's just, just an excellent player for us. And I think, I think if we can get him, we'll, we'll do very, very well. Yeah, I don't know uh, an awful lot um, about him previously. I don't watch an awful lot of uh, other teams' games. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of rely on you guys uh, keep me up to date with uh, who's come in from where and, and what they've done in the past, you know. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about him, but uh, he certainly, uh, you, you can tell there's a wee bit of quality there, for sure. Um, I still don't feel like, I think it's been really odd watching the games at home. And I think somebody was saying something similar last week. You, you don't, um, you don't have the same connection at the moment, you know, and I think you, you need that when new players come in, especially, and obviously we've had so many new players, so many changes and so many new faces. Um, and it is, it's, it's harder to get a, a sort of feel for these guys uh, uh, watching it um, at the moment. But yeah, certainly uh, he's come in and he certainly looks like he's uh, he's got something to offer. Yeah. Um... Again, we were we just kind of remained on the on the front foot from that point. Indeed, not really offering very much to the game at all. They didn't really seem to have an answer for us. Um, my my guest last week, Gary, the Dundee fan, he was he was suggesting that if we put someone on uh, Charlie Adams, that that would probably just shut him right out of the game. And we did that with Michael Miller, and he had an absolutely excellent afternoon. It, it wasn't just just following Charlie Adam around the park and doing nothing else, but certainly whenever we didn't have the ball, um, he was just making sure that that couldn't happen. And they they seem to not have very much of an answer for it at all. I think that that fan you're talking of, he specifically said that everything goes through Adam, yeah. um, everything, literally everything, um, and I think you could see that play out. Um, I I remember. Maybe about halfway through the first half, because uh, I knew obviously a couple of people were in attendance, um, mm-hmm. and the job that Miller was doing was definitely—it's not immediately obvious on the TV at all, you know. Um, and it was really interesting to kind of ask that question of the people who were actually there um, and say, you know, just just ask you what is happening, you know. Uh, and that's when we got the answer that well, Miller's going wherever he's going. Um, and in that sense, uh, just kind of keeping them out of the game. Yeah, um, and that, that really, really worked in our favour uh, just throughout the whole 90 minutes. I think Charlie Adam managed one of his kind of trademark long shots throughout the whole thing, and that was only because Miller slipped at one point, <laughs> uh, which is going to happen over the winter. Players are going to have trips and slips, so... We'll allow on that one on that kind of performance. <laughs> um, hi, so we've talked about the first goal. The second goal, arguably more important. Michael Moffat gets his 100th goal for Air United. I mean, uh, I was talking about the uh, cause for celebration and jumping about the living room, and that was definitely, uh, definitely that. Uh, we were quite lucky on Saturday because we've been watching on uh, Zoom calls, uh, our little aviator group. And on Saturday there, it was the most in tune our streams were, because in previous weeks, you know, we've been way out and sometimes maybe there's been a, 
a, a goal or something's happened and you've had to try and kind of sit on your reaction a wee bit so as not to spoil it for other people. But on Saturday, we were all maybe a couple of seconds apart um, and we all, we all went nuts, you know, like it was a... It was just a great moment, you know. I mean, it was a big goal for the game and a big goal for us, but it was a big goal for him and a big goal for guys like us who, you know, watched him since he first kicked the ball. Uh, for us, I mean, you know, I, I read somebody talking about that through the week and I, I was brought straight back to it, his first goal, you know, away to Airdrie. And it had taken a while, I can't remember how many games, but, you know, it, it, the first goal was coming for a while. Um, his first goal... And eventually that's when he got it. And I remember we were in the we were in the opposite stand from where they normally put us now. Uh, well, this, this, this stand we won the playoff in. Yeah. Um, and I remember when he scored, like, uh, I just remember jumping up. There was nobody else sitting really uh, near us. I just remember jumping up and running uh, the, the length of these um, seats, you know, and I absolutely raked my leg off one of the seats and it was bruised and battered for a week, but I just, I didn't care, you know, like, uh, if anything, I thought it was, it was kind of good to have a wee sort of scar, if you like, from uh, Moffat's first goal and celebrating it. So to come from, to, to remember that so vividly and be so happy for him on that day, to then see him, how happy he was uh, at scoring on Saturday, it, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real shame that, there wasn't a, like a crowd there to to celebrate it with him, but it was really nice to see everyone absolutely buzzing for him doing it on social media uh, at the time and after the game. So I'm sure I'm sure he saw some of that. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'd like to think. Uh, I think we all know more flakes if we drink. You know, I'd like to think that on uh, Saturday night, you know, he he, he allowed himself a a, a couple. Because um, it was uh, very well deserved, and like you say, from the point of view of the, the goal in the game at the time, um, it just put us in a position where I, I felt we could uh, then obviously try and manage the game, and we did. Well, I've asked them to come on, so when we can arrange a time, we'll find out exactly how we celebrated that. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, so we get the t- we get up to now, um, stay in the front foot for the rest of the half. I mean, we, we back off a little because you don't need to go as hard, but still pretty much front foot for the rest of the first half. The D, couple of chances. Um, most of their luck seemed to be, or the bit, the most chance of their luck seemed to be from crosses from left to right. Um, goalkeepers seemed to be not dealing the best with the wind. It was kind of just going through his hands a little bit. But he, he made some some big saves over the course of the game and stuff and definitely could be forgiven for any of that. Yeah, I, I, someone definitely said something about a flat uh, here or there, but I think immediately my first thought was that it looked like the conditions were tricky. Um, and, you know, on the whole, like I, I think he, the decisions he made were the right ones. You know, he punched a couple of times and... You know, just get it away for your goal. You know, if it's tricky like that, just get it away for your goal, and that's what he did. You know, I don't feel that anything he did put us under uh, any more pressure than we were already under. And so, in that sense, I think he he dealt with it really well. Because uh, you're right, like specifically in the first half, um, it was the sort of right back position. I felt like the the trouble um, was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, no 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 complaints about the keeper. Nah, 
Um, yeah, you then got. He then got booked later in the game for some time wasting, uh, clicking his boots off the post. He was uh, he was moaning to the referee about how long that had been. Uh, he didn't think he'd been time wasting enough at the time he got booked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. He's a young yeah. guy, you know, but uh, um, you know, I like that little bit of uh, kind of gamesmanship, if you like, you know, and just being screwed into it. That's good. Yeah. Showed a good bit of maturity. Um, so yeah, um, that that was really all Dundee had to, to offer in the first half. Um, the only offerings from their bench was essentially just shouting and swearing at their players and telling them how bad they were. Um, that wee clip that you get on the highlights uh, was literally just a clip of uh, the first half, but that carried on quite a, quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they they were not satisfied. Yeah, when you hear that, uh, um, when you hear that for the opposition bench, uh, and you must have heard it so clearly, I guess on Saturday as well, um, with, with no fans in. So uh, yeah, that's that's very satisfying. Yeah, it, it makes you makes you feel more more comfortable. You're definitely gonna hang, uh, hold out. Nothing that they're gonna do after they start doing that to their own their own players is gonna have enough of an effect. Um, yeah, so we're up to we're up to half time basically. Um, players players go in, and come back out. It's really weird watching them go up the the north terrace though, uh, especially on a wet day in their boots. I always think that somebody's going to injure themselves at some point sliding in that terrace. But uh, start of the second half, then they come out a little bit fired up. But still, pretty powder puff. Um, yeah, I think they were always going to, you know, you always expect that they're going to come out and start the second half, kind of uh, coming at us. But I mean, in, in my memory, that impetus seemed to last a couple of minutes, uh, and it was just kind of back to not back to the uh, way the first half had gone um, to to a degree. I don't. You're right. We were maybe weren't as a uh, uh, forward thinking, obviously, because we didn't have to be. But uh, yeah, I I just felt like we settled in to the second half really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the the rest of the half uh, kind of played out pretty similarly. Obviously, there was a again a powder puff version of a cavalry charge. The later it went on, as they they tried to push on, but. There was we were never in any any real danger at all, um, just a really good, solid performance from us, showing in both sides where we can look really good going forward, but also if you want to come at us, we've got it. And um, I thought I thought Sam Roscoe, Mister Roscoe, was pretty good at the back. He he didn't seem to have any trouble at all all day. Pretty much. There was one. There was one header um, in the first half in particular. Um, we were tuning up at the time, and he, he he just seemed to come from miles away uh, to win it. Um, and it was just such a powerful kind of clearing header. And uh, the, the Dundee, even I don't think the Dundee guy went for it, but if he had, he wouldn't have won it anyway. Nah. Um, you know, and I, yeah, it just it stood it stood out. You know, I think he had a good game. Yeah, um, you could hear him. The later things go on, just shouting. Instructions forward as well. 
I know you'd um, you'd had an interview with AU Media before the the end of last season, one of the, the pre-match ones. He popped up instead of the manager, I think, um, and he was talking about how he wanted to be a a leader. And you probably don't see that as much when when there's a crowd in, but you, you could definitely hear him starting to shout things and give instructions out. Which the week before had more just been Jack Beard at the back, but they were both doing it on Saturday, and that was. That was good. Uh, on a kind of similar note, back to, to Cammy Smith, I noticed he was, uh, he seemed to be the, the kind of the go-to guy to, to the bench to give instructions on. And he was just, spent a lot of the second half, not really actually just taking up position more, kind of running a bit and kept giving instructions to folk on the far side so they didn't shout it over. Um, there was a point where just before you get subbed off, they were asking him to explain something to Ennis Cameron before he came on. Um, Cammy Smith said, "How who's come? Uh, sorry, who's coming off?" And uh, they were like, "You." Uh, so he ran away, like sprinted into the centre of the park <laughs> before the ball could go out of play. <laughs> just wasted as much time as possible. It was. It was good. It was. I, I love all that kind of shit housing. I'm absolutely enough for it. We don't we haven't had enough of it early in the season so far, so the more of that kind of stuff the better for me. I think we've seen us come up in the past, uh into this division, um, when we decided uh, you know, we, we came up, decided we didn't like it, went straight back down to the second division a couple of times. Um and we didn't do enough of exactly what you just described there. I think a lot of times we come up and look really, really naive uh, in this division. Um, but I think the I think it's the kind of stature of that win on Saturday. Like the, these are the sort of wins that we've had over the last like eighteen months or so. Um, these are the sort of wins that, to me, say that we've took our place back. You know, like Air United were always a kind of traditional second tier team when I was growing up. Um, and it, for a long time there, it felt like we were miles away from that. Miles. Um, but I, I kind of feel like we're back there now. Um, and beating teams like Dundee in the way that we did on Saturday, uh, that's exactly the kind of thing that kind of underlines that for me. Um, and, and, and what goes along with it is exactly what you say. You know, you've got to be clever at this level. Um, and you've got to, you know, sometimes you just got to outthink. Uh, uh, the other the other team and uh, it sounds like well, a few of the things you're describing there that's exactly what we did in Saturday um, One of the incidents in the second half uh, certainly didn't get picked up by the highlights I, I don't know if the stream picked it up I was I was obviously monitoring the, the stream I had a, a tab open with it um, but I couldn't I'm not going to sound on it I'm not going to sit and play the stadium sound and the commentator sound to the people around that can hear the stadium sound and the commentator sound. So um, it was a bit of an argument between the two benches at one point in the second half. Um, there was Paddy Redding was trying to hold the ball into the corner. Uh, so he was shielding it and Paul McGowan, once that he's managed to get Paddy Redding to the deck, it looked like he kicked him. Um, the cameraman said later that he, he definitely didn't get him or if he did it was very light but um, it definitely looked from from where we, we were that it absolutely volleyed him and 
McGowan was running back and Mick McArdle had a, a wee word for him. Um, and then James McFate didn't take very too lightly to it at all and basically just repeated 15 times in a row, you just mind your own fucking players, eh? Constantly, over and over and over again. Like, like he was absolutely broken and on repeat. I think I do remember that wee incident you're talking about, and I think if if it is what I'm thinking of, I think Redden's reaction to it was really good. Yeah. Um, like I seem to remember him just kind of bouncing up and almost laughing at it. Yeah. Um, uh, like I say, if, if that is if that is indeed the same thing, but I like what you're saying about um, um, was it? Uh, so they shouted at McCowan to stop him going to get involved in it. You mean? Uh, no, it was Paul McGowan, the Dundee player. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Got you. I might have just said it funny. <laughs> yeah, because we don't need Luke McCowan getting involved in things he shouldn't be getting involved in. <laughs> yeah. he, he can just, I think, he might have just, he might have been off by then. Uh, I know he got subbed for McKenzie. I think he got subbed for McKenzie. Um, it was hard to follow. It was obviously trying to keep track of the emails and live chats coming through and uh, over my laptop. It's hard to, to follow the subs and then you don't look at that when you're looking at other stuff later on. But yeah, um, just a, another kind of touching point on the Dundee bench, I guess, from Saturday. They were uh, desperate to be involved in the game, it seemed. <laughs> uh, how, was the, how was the stream for you? Saturday, and uh, the, it was a lot yeah, better. The be- yeah, definitely the best one. Um, yeah, uh, let's say I think our, our experience, I suppose, was uh, helped by us all being in tune uh, a little bit. And it just seemed like the camera switches and stuff just seemed to work a little bit better than they have um, in recent weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally didn't have a single problem on Saturday, which was uh, uh, quite pleasing. I know that these, I, I think I'm always quite, um, understanding. I appreciate we're paying money for it and it's a service and what have you, you know, but I think we all have to sometimes take a wee step back and realise that this is unprecedented for teams to be putting this sort of thing on and the scale that they're putting it on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a pretty reasonable person in that sense and, and I would always be pretty kind of uh, understanding uh, when there are wee errors uh, or wee issues, but yeah, uh, Saturday, no problem at all. Good. Um, it was it was a bit busier on Saturday, but it was early. It seemed that the Dundee fans thought you had to log on really, really early. Um, so they were started contacting pretty much as soon as I arrived on the ground about one o'clock on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I opened my opened my laptop and opened the wee thing that we get live chats into, and uh, there was already a few folk pinging away. I mean, we we go to Dundee, uh, we go up really, really early, um, so we can't really talk uh, too much. Maybe they'll just try to get the same experience. I think you and I um, mm-hmm. have literally taken a train to Dundee one day where we got there before the pubs had even opened. Ah, um, that was the day we saw the bear. And we, went, we saw a bear, yeah. So, mm-hmm. the, yeah, um, they, they were maybe just trying to make a day of it. It wasn't a... Uh a bear uh, running about in the streets of Dundee, by the way, it was a, a stuffed bear in the museum. It was, uh, it was stationary. 
Yeah, so maybe maybe that is it. Uh, just get it up in the get it up in the telly early and make it like make it seem like it's a real early day. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got to do what you can. Yeah, um, I've obviously been on a few of the Zoom calls with you guys for um, for the away games and the home games before I, I started doing the maybe voluntary role I'm doing just now, but. Um, I know what you're saying about it's good to have it all linked in in time. Um, so I think I certainly must have playing. I'd announced one of the goals before it had even happened on my telly. I think that might be been Inverness away. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few of these sort of uh, um, um, like incidences, I suppose, where like something, something that has happened and somebody's just kind of completely sold it by their reaction. But again, it's just another one of these byproducts of the situation we're in and what we need to do, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, like I say, Saturday, Saturday worked like a dream because we were just all so close together. Well, that's good. That's definitely, that's definitely what we want. We want, we want it to be the best that it can be. Um, so up next, uh, we're in the, the League Cup away to Livingston uh, on Saturday. Um, have you got any thoughts for, for Saturday's match? I mean, I think as a draw, you know, it'd be a real sort of, in normal circumstances, it would be a real sort of like hod me back draw, you know, great, Livingston away. Um, I don't have very, I was thinking about this uh, early this morning. Um, my two, if I was to think of probably two memories of that stadium, it would be the famous uh, Michael McGowan, Michael McGowan um, Scottish Cup win, um, where he just, turned into a different player for a day, it seemed. Um, and uh, I always remember Kenny Duker being as the fingers uh, when he was on the bench. I, I don't know why, that just always really, really sticks in my head. Um, because most trips to, to that stadium have been defeats, basically. You know, we don't have a great uh, uh, experience there. Um, it's a terrible away day. Um, the stadium being right in the middle of the two train stations, you know, it's just uh, nothing about it is um, very enticing. I suppose, if anything, like it's maybe the perfect time to go there uh, when you don't actually have to go there. Um, <laughs> you can just watch it on the telly. So, uh, yeah, um, in terms of our chances, <sighs> it's a cup in it. You know, I don't know what they're, I don't even really know how well uh, they're doing um, mm -hmm. in their league, but. They're, um, you know, uh, they, they they might rest players. I don't know, um, but you know, we, we might have we, we might do the same. Um, you know, so it's a, it seems like a bit of a kind of journey into the unknown. Yeah, uh, just when you're kind of saying about memories there, um, that's where the the infamous Mohammed Ben Laraj made his uh, cameo appearance. The the boy that wasn't actually a footballer that Gordon Dale had signed. Um, We've, we played there. We played there early in the, the Betfred Cup. They were in our group stage last year. Uh, they beat us two one, but it was a, a right ding dong kind of battle. That um, it was a, aye, it was. I'd, I'd expect it to be similar to that kind of game again. Um, coming up against Nicky Devlin again, and Alan Forrest will be there. Robbie Crawford won't, even though he's a Levy player, but he's out and loan to Motherwell. Uh, and of course, our favourite Gary Holt would be in charge of him. Yeah, some uh, 
some faces you'd want to see again and some you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're going to give me a score prediction for Saturday? Oh, uh, yeah. Like I say, it's a, it's a cup and we'll win 3-0. Why not? Uh, Excellent. I mean... When you touched on that, I mean, like it is, uh, the, the, the players you mentioned there, they're all players who um, have a real fondness for, you know, like they, they did good things in their shirt. Um, uh, uh, Robbie Crawford especially, like kind of, I've always had a, a sort of soft spot for him. Um, I think he was the first player that Airbnb has sponsored. Yeah. Is that right? He was, yeah. Uh, uh, no, and, uh, was he? Was the first player responsible, uh, Jackson Longridge? Ah, yeah, and and Robbie gave us his top. Is that what I'm getting mixed up about? Aye, I think Robbie Crawford maybe gave us Sean McKenzie's top. Oh, do you, do you, see, obviously it's uh, obviously we it's all kind of mixed into one. But the point is, you know, uh, Crawford obviously um, he did kind of split people to a degree. But I, I just I, I was very very sad uh, when he left uh, the club. I mean, I think it was probably the right thing. Um, for him, um, and I hope that that kind of plays out for him. Um, but uh, yeah, I was sad when he went. Um, uh, Devlin, you know, well publicised what he yeah, he did for us, and then Forrest again, we kind of followed his career for the start, you know. Um, and I think the signs, I don't pay too much attention to it, but certainly from what I, I understand, he's he's doing all right there. Yeah, um, they, they they seem to be doing doing pretty well, um, the two of them that are there at the moment. Um, I'm in the same camp with you with Robbie Crawford. Um, he was, it was just sad when he went. It was just something a wee bit missing since he's not been there. Well, thanks for coming on this week, Paddy. Very welcome, Derek. I've, uh, I've enjoyed the, the first few weeks, so I was happy to answer the call. Aye. Right, well, I'll speak to you later. Take care, Derek. And now I'm joined by Livingston fan Andy. Hi Andy, thanks for coming on. No worries, pleasure, thanks for having me. So, just wondering about Livingston, obviously we've got you away on Saturday in the, the Betfred Cup. So I'll start off with an easy one for you. There's a couple of known faces in the Livingston team. Nicky Devlin and Alan Forrest, how have they been getting on? I think, uh, start off with Alan Forrest, I think he's been a bit of a revelation for us uh, this season. Uh, we obviously lost a big player in Stephen Lawless last season. Uh, he went down south and he was a big part of your success last season. Yeah. And, you know, it, Alan Forrest was a player that we all kind of spoke about on the podcast over the last sort of couple of years as a potential someone that we could look at. So we were delighted to bring him in. We knew what mm -hmm. we would get with on Bagsy potential, a bit of pace, you know, good on the ball. And, you know, he's added goals to the game. He's actually been better than I expected making that step up to the Premiership. I wasn't expecting him to make as big an impact as he has done. Mm -hmm. He would arguably be our, our best player this season. That's not saying much right enough. We've, <laughs> we've been struggling. But uh, I think he's eight goals. Uh, if he if he could add start adding a few assists in there, then what what a player we've got. But eight goals already. I think Lyndon Dyke scored something like twelve or thirteen the whole of last season. Mm 
Yes. So we've, we've kind of covered his goals with Alan Forrest's goals so far. So he's been a big player. God God forbid where would be without him, to be honest. Uh, as for as for Nicky Devlin, and you know yourself, he's quite an exciting player to watch, mm-hmm. certainly. So he, he's more of a wing-back. You know, we've been we've been playing with almost wing-backs, pushing our full-backs forward, getting them high up as possible. And it suits Nicky's game. He was a bit unlucky when he first came in. I think we've seen that exciting player when he first came to the club because uh, he's been at the club this is his second season now but in the first season he played the first few games and then got injured and he was out for most of the last season so it's almost like a new player this season mm-hmm. and I think I think because of the style of play we are, we, we are playing just now we're, we're trying to be quite attacking down the sides that we're getting caught out a bit defensively and I think his defensive frailties are shown slightly but yeah. what you get for what you what you get for him going forward, I think, out, outweighs the negativity um, from from obviously defending because I think he offers so much. Uh, certainly, two really big players for us, uh, Alan Forrest and Nicky Devlin. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, obviously, another player you've got that used to play for us, Robbie Crawford. He won't be playing because he's out on loan to Motherwell just now. Are you expecting him to come back when that loan ends, or are you expecting him to move on? So I, th- I think his loan is up in January. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's up in January. He, he's one that we were a bit surprised about, to be honest. Again, another one that we're big fans of on the podcast that talk whether we, we spoke to Robbie, top, top guy. Um, and do you know something? Again, he was a bit unlucky, almost like Nicky Devlin coming in, he got an injury. Robbie was cemented in the team. And, and it was a strange one because at the time when he was in the team, Craig Sibold wasn't in the team. Yeah. And there was talk amongst the Livingston fans that, Sibold was probably going to leave the club. He wasn't getting any games. Robbie Crawford, Marvin Bartley, Scott Pittman were keeping him out. And there was no, no sort of way into the team for him. But Robbie got injured mm-hmm. and Craig Sibold came in. And all of a sudden, Sibold cemented that place. And Crawford found himself on the, on the outside looking in. And he's not had the chance to get back in. For me, I would love to have him back. Again, like I said, it was a bit of a surprise when we let him go out on loan because I think he offers a lot to us in terms of how we play. Uh, can I see him returning? I think he will probably return in January. But it'll be a big few months for him because I think he's out of contract in the summer. Uh, I would absolutely love to see him signing a new contract. But whether he feels like he's been shoved out the door a little bit, I don't, I don't know. I don't know his mindset, but... He's definitely one I would like to see. He was a really important player for us. So the first half of last season before getting injured, and he's just never had a look in since, which is really unlucky for him because he definitely offers us a lot in the team. I have a lot of time for Robbie Crawford. He was one of my favourites when he was playing for us. Forrest and Devlin as well when they were in the team. The three of them were just really good players for us. Uh, it's good yep. seeing them. Some top, of our top players guys, the top, top flight. Top, top guys as well. Like I say, we interviewed Robbie and we've interviewed Nicky. Two really top guys. Couldn't they give us enough sort of praise for, you know, and give us a, a lot of information on it when we were interviewing them. Really nice guys. <laughs> Cool. So you kind of touched on it in a a slight bit, but how have Levy been doing so far this season then? Yeah, so I hate to use the word frustrating because we've been criticised again. I keep going on about our podcast, but we've been criticised a lot from the fans for saying how frustrating it's been. But it has been really frustrating because 
at the start of the season, we were fully hoping, expectation. We've built up a really good squad of players. We we argued that it's probably one of our best squads we've had in a long, long time at Livingston. Whether it's the case that we've just made too many changes from such a successful side to, to now, I don't know. Um, but we're sitting 10th just now. We've just lost to St Mirren at the weekend. Our home form's faltering, you know, over the last couple of years in the Premiership. We've, you know, we've had a, an amazing home record. Everybody goes on about the pitch, but all of a sudden we've lost five out of eight at home and the pitch isn't getting mentioned as much. Surprise. Um, your your horrible neighbours that you take from Marnock were almost in that same position over the years that they struggled at home and then mm-hmm. Steve Clark went in there got them winning at home and all of a sudden it was the pitch. So we're in that kind of kind of same position just now. We, we've tried to change it up slightly. I don't know if you'll go into that later on, but in terms of our style of play, we, we've almost went from, you know, that hard-to-beat side that everybody knew and, and spoke about to almost more of a possession-based game. Certainly at the start of the season, we were going to places like Pataudry and having... 50, 55, 60% of the possession, going to Motherwell having more possession. We were almost averaging out with Hibs at the start of the season when we got absolutely hammered and, and Rangers and Celtic. We've had more possession in every game. Mm-hmm. But over the over the last few weeks, we've almost went polar opposite. So in the past, we, we knew we played in the right areas. You know, we, we got the ball forward and we played in the opposition half. At the start of the season, we, we've tried to pass it out for the back and take a little bit more chances. And then we've went polar opposite and just went long. And yeah. it's no working at all. And that's where our problem lies. If you'd asked me the question three or four weeks ago, or two or three weeks ago, would there be concerned for us? It would have been no, because we were still creating chances and still looking okay. Mm-hmm. But the last two or three games, it's concerned me because we've looked less threatening in each game defensively there's an error in us so yeah I'm a bit concerned for our season now but I've, I've no doubt that the players we've got can get us out of it but it's trying to get them into that sort of style of play again that was so successful um, you, you kind of mentioned it there about the, the Hibs game um, I watched that uh, my, my partner's brother and father are Livy fans so I watched that uh, during the nicer times of COVID, we watched it out in the garden uh, a few beers, and I was just surprised by just how grim Livingston looked that day. Like it was everything, everything that you're usually good at, you were bad at, and it was just just awful defending all over the shop. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the thing. Hmm? I, I like I say, I, I kind of touched on it because of the change in state, and we'd actually change formations at the start of the season mm-hmm. as well. So the successful season the last last year, we were playing a 4-2-3-1. We, we started this season, season with a three at the back. I think it was Ambrose, Guffrey and Fitzwater, I think, played that game. Mm-hmm. And we looked like we looked like a team that, that didn't know what, what they were doing in terms of positioning, formation-wise. And you know, it's games like that in the past few seasons that, I would have been confident going into it. And even at that early on, you know, the fan base were almost in such a high after finishing fifth, albeit on a reduced season, but on such a high that, you know, I'll be honest, the, the three, four years on the podcast, we all predicted us top six this season. You know, yeah. whether that was a bit whether that was a bit stupid or not, 
you know, looking at our squad and looking at the other teams, we, we were confident, but for whatever reason, something's just not clicking just now, um, whether it will do. And if, I mean, you can look at the Lyndon Dykes thing uh, being a, a big part to play, but I don't think at the time we realised how big a player he was for us and we've just really struggled to replace him. I think he was the perfect fit for us in terms of his ability to run in behind, but also hold the ball up and win flick-ons and bring bring our, our midfield runners into the game. And we've not really managed to reproduce that, get someone in. We, we've tried it. We've tried to bring in Anthony Stokes. That lasted about a week. <laughs> uh, we brought in J. Emmanuel Thomas, albeit he's not kicked a ball in about two and a half years, but he's yeah. played the last four or five and he's he's been quite ineffective. So... We are struggling. We really are struggling in terms of attacking-wise. So I think that's where our problems lie. I think earlier in the season, a lot of individual errors that were costing us goals, but we were still scoring. But now we've combined the individual errors with not scoring. And that's a, a recipe for disaster. And unfortunately, <laughs> in the Premiership, you didn't get away with that. Nah. Um, I'd seen online some, some folk kind of talking about goalkeepers for you. Um, Few folk not happy with Robbie McClory and thinking your backup is it Striek or is yeah. So, so the the commentary the commentary team on the uh, Levy TV they they've got like four different names for them uh, <laughs> Striek <laughs> Strijeks whatever else. So we go with Strijek. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, I, I saw quite a few folks suggesting that he seems to be the better of the two goalkeepers, but is regularly the the sub. Um, is McCrory though out for Saturday? Is he one of the Scotland under twenty ones? So, so the last Robbie lost his place in the team. Uh, mm. I think about three, three, four weeks ago, he was playing, uh, and then he made a couple of big, big errors in the Kilmarnock game at home. If he cost us probably two of the goals that day, mm-hmm. and you you could see that his confidence had hit hard. Uh, unfortunately, when you're a keeper, there's no hiding place. You'll know that as a football fan that yeah. if you're a midfielder, you can lose the ball and people will forget it two minutes later. But if a keeper fumbles the ball, it's a, it's going to be a goal and everybody remembers it. Robbie, Robbie's a bit an enigma. We have a fan base just now. You know, Half of our fan base are fully backing him. They know that he's got capabilities of being a really good goalkeeper, a good number one. And the other half are, doesn't matter what he does, he can't do right or doing wrong. Um, so, but Strijek's came in and he's done nothing wrong. I mean, he's had barely anything to do. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I think over the last few years, again, I keep going back to over the last few years, but if you look at, you look at a lot of our games, we don't concede many chances and it, they have, teams have to work really hard to create a chance against us. And again, that's a problem we've had this season. Teams only having to work hard Shrijek's not had a lot to do in terms of the goals we've conceded. He's, he's, he couldn't have done much about any of them that he's conceded so far. The one on Saturday's taken a massive deflection. Um, so Strijek's currently between the posts. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be the one that'll start again. Um, Gary Holt, the gaffer, I think he's a great believer in if you're not doing anything wrong, you're going to keep your spot. And Robbie was struggling. I'm not going to lie, we were we were big backers of Robbie on the podcast, but we couldn't defend him too much in the Kilmarnock game. 
Um, so he lost his spot and Strijek's come in and done okay. He's not done anything substantially well, but he's not done anything substantially bad. So yeah. Strijek will be the man between the, the posts for, for sure. Um, and just on to Saturday, how, how do you see it going? Have you got a, a prediction? Yeah, so so we done our little segment on the United game, mm-hmm. uh, and and it was kind of split between the three years. One years had us winning, one years had us drawn, and and I had us getting beat. <laughs> that's kind of how that's kind of where we're at just now. We're, we're you know, Air United. We spoke about Air United are, are notoriously do do very well in the cups. They raised their game against the, the sort of higher league opponents. I, I mean. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I don't think Air United are a much smaller club than us. Most people would argue that they're probably bigger than Livingston. Um, I remember playing you, was it last season in the Cup? You absolutely barred us for what, 60 minutes in the game and we managed to somehow win the game 2-1. Uh, I'd envisage another game like that, that that we'll try to be holding on in there. It seems strange to say that the Premiership team at home will be Try to hold on to something. I, I predicted 2 0 in the game Air United. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being consistent, I've got to stick for that, I suppose. So yeah. I'll go I'll, I'll, I'll go 2 0 Air United, unfortunately. But, but I hope to God I'm wrong. For, for your benefit, you'll hope I'm right, but I hope I'm Absolutely. wrong. Yeah, uh, that, that game last year was a, a good game. It was unfortunate that we, we didn't win, but it was a very good, very good battle. Uh, I remember that boy CC Pepe, I think his name was. Uh, he was he just lost the heat and he just started running into everyone that he could see. He just tried to kick folk. <laughs> yeah, uh, CC Pepe. Uh, <laughs> we've got a guy on the podcast who absolutely adored CC Pepe. He's no longer at the club he left, um, but he was the only person I knew in our fan base that thought he, he had legend written all over him. He was that type of player. Whereas I remember going to a pre-season game last season, I think it was Aloha and he played the game and from that moment I says he's he won't go into the team, he's a bomb scare I'm worried if he's going to be our starting centre-half and he didn't last long, he didn't play many games thankfully because he was the type of player that would fly into a tackle without even thinking, he'd run into the midfield to try and win the ball and get turned really easily so <laughs> he was one I was kind of glad to see the back eh? but you and all will be happy to hear that Right, okay well thanks very much for coming on Andy uh, Absolute pleasure and uh, yeah I hope it's an unsuccessful day on Saturday for you Well we'll see, we'll see <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, since this podcast being recorded, Livingston manager Gary Holt has resigned, so it won't be him in charge on Saturday. But thanks for listening this week, and we'll be back with something else soon.